I'm struck this morning uh, by, uh, by the words of Jesus when he says, um, and the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, and he points to kids. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I am just blown away at how our children, the children of the community, are, are teaching us in, in the way of Jesus. And I hope, yeah, I hope you guys don't take this for granted. Not just, you know, th this in terms of the backpack and raising funds and learning to care for the marginalized and, and all that. But today, did, you guys probably didn't know, today, this morning, uh, uh, middle school and high school kids launched their microgroups, okay, microgroups. And, and you guys know we've been talking about discipleship. And, and so I don't know what you were doing, grown up, adult at nine o'clock in the morning, but our 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds here, nine o'clock in the morning, doing community and learning about Jesus, hello. So, so grown-ups, adults, we gotta pick up our game. Can I get an amen? We, we, we gotta pick up our game. This whole like, ah, oh, two hours a Sunday, I, uh, we gotta pick up our game. And my, my kids are teaching me a ton about following Jesus, man. We're talking about follow me. Just a little, on a, on a humorous side note, you know, Jenny and I were talking, because today, as, as Emily said, middle school kids are helping, you know, uh, put the backpacks together. And Parker and Sophie, uh, Parker's a freshman, high school, my oldest, and Sophie, my second, they sit in the service normally, you know, to hear their dad preach. And, uh, and, 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 and Jenny said, yeah, they're not gonna be there um, uh, on Sunday, because they're gonna help put the backpacks together. I was like, what? And Jenny goes, yeah, they, 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 they've heard enough discipleship. <laughs> it hurt a little bit, you know what I'm saying? It hurt a little bit. I mean, those of you guys that have been coming, it's been, it's been hard Sundays, hard sayings of Jesus. Anyway, so I'm driving them to school on Monday, and I go, do you guys really say you've heard about discipleship? Like, you get this? And Sophie goes, yeah, Daddy, a disciple is someone who is devoted to following Jesus. It's like, okay. And then my son, with the twinkle in his eye, Parker, oldest, you know, he's got a little, he's like, but can you be a disciple if you're not making disciples? <laughs> All right, okay, you guys don't have to be there Sunday. You get this. A disciple is someone who follows Jesus. Man, and we've been delving into that. A disciple of Jesus is someone who invites others to follow Jesus. A disciple is someone who follows Jesus in community. Will you all say this with me? Can you put that up there? A disciple is someone who follows Jesus invites others to follow Jesus and follow Jesus in community. And man, we've been delving into what it means to follow Jesus. I gotta tell you something. This isn't a sermon series among other sermon series. If you're coming to New Community, you need to understand that there's a fundamental cultural shift taking place in our church. I will. We're getting really serious about Jesus. This doesn't mean, let me be really clear, for those folks who don't know Jesus, you've walked away from church, you're just attending, you, please continue to come, continue to come. But I'm gonna tell you something. We are going to be unabashedly about Jesus and wanna continue to challenge you that if you're gonna call yourself a Christian, that you be serious about following Jesus. 
And we're gonna say that with grace and truth. So I just, I just, I'm just telling you, okay? I'm just telling you. And I gotta tell you, you know, you're, I'm a little insecure these days because I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus, when I read the Gospels, every time you challenged people, the vast majority of the people were like, I'm done with this and walked away in a small handful. This isn't my opinion. Small handful followed him. So I'm like, oh. So I, I'm just being honest, vulnerable transparency. Like I get up here every Sunday and I, I, I go, who's here? Who's not here? Like this, these thoughts go through my mind. And then I hear the voice of Jesus in the back of my mind that says, remember, Peter, my call to each follower is come and die. And if you're not willing to come and die, you can't follow me. So again, there's grace there, there's love there, and we are not going to judge people on their journey. But man, we are going to continue to say to you and me, are you following him? Are you following him? Are you following him? And continue to do that. And I am convinced that God doesn't need but a handful of people who are completely sold out to him to change the city of Chicago. There are thousands of churches in Chicago and our city is dead. God doesn't need a lot of people. I think he needs a handful of devoted people to say, you're all I got. You're all I have. If not you, where else am I going? Like he just needs a handful of people like that. So rare in America these days. That's where we're going. But your pastor's not preaching today because we are going to hear a story of someone who is on his journey of following Jesus. Do you like it when people share their stories in our church? Yeah, it's one of the more powerful Sundays, you know? Um, I'll tell you why we do this, you guys, why we have these moments, for two reasons among others. One, does anybody here struggle with, when you hear someone share their struggles and victory, anybody ever struggle with like, shoot, I thought I was the only one. Let me ask you differently. Anybody sitting here struggling with something and you are convinced that you're the only one that probably struggles with that? Anybody? Of course, it's human. We're just like, I'm the only. And then you hear a brother or a sister share their story and you go, I'm not. And the, a level of freedom that comes when you go, I'm not the only one, it's enormous. It's enormous. But the second thing that happens, not just that, but the person if you've come around new community long enough, you've heard this over and over again. We were created to be fully known and to be fully loved without any fear. Most of us sitting here don't know what that feels like. We know what it's like to be fully known but then rejected. Anybody? And especially when the church does that, good God. But we also know what it's like to be fully loved. But for the fake you, the pretend you, the mask you, the image I want to project you, but people don't know the real you, but ask anybody in our church, who have actually experienced fully known and oh, you're gonna, f and then when you're fully loved, you experience intimacy, 
that feeling experience of, <sighs> and so we continue to do these testimony and share stories to remind you that you are created to be fully known and fully loved. And until you know what that feels like, you will walk around with this thing in the back of your mind that says, is this all there is to life? Matt Tobby, come on up, brother. Tall drink of water. That's what he said. <laughs> Matt Tavi. I'm gonna have a seat, brother. How many of you guys know Matt? <laughs> wow. But do you really know Matt? I love this brother. Um, he's been at our church for years. And uh, truth be told, my wife is a bigger fan than I am. She, <laughs> she loves you to death, brother. She loves you to death. She can't stop talking about Matt Talby. I can say that because she's not here today. Matt, welcome. Welcome, brother. Um, myself and a group of us have been praying for you. And uh, this is a holy, sacred moment that we are grateful for. So um, let's just jump right in. So tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, bring in, so on and so forth, just to kind of set up context for where we're going today. So I grew up um, a missionary kid. So by the age of two, I, uh, my whole family moved to Argentina, and they were missionaries there and uh, grew up uh, pretty much the pastor's kid kind of life of there's expectations of what you're going to do and I pretty much um, fulfilled those expectations and um, yeah by the I would move around a lot uh, from you know Argentina to back home that's a part of my story but uh, the biggest part is uh, when I went to boarding school and that was by the age of 12 uh, I was halfway through seventh grade, and I went to Ecuador uh, away from my parents. Uh, I did my high school years there, and then came to Chicago, went to a small private school called Trinity up, up north of mm -hmm. Chicago, and uh, I've been in Chicago for the last 12, 13, I don't know, I, don't, I lost count. Um, and then I've been at New Community ever since I finished school, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I've been part of this. Uh, I married my wife, uh, of Tina, five years ago. I have two kids, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And, uh, yeah, that's me. So, so share and, and tell us your story, Matt, in terms of, especially in the last year, some of the powerful things that God's been doing in your life. Okay. Um... So first, I'd just like to acknowledge that I have a lot of feelings going on um, this morning. And so I don't know what's going to come out. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I'm going to try to hold it together so I can communicate. But um, I would say, you know, my story of my faith really started when I went to boarding school. And it was the first time that I really uh, was away from my parents and didn't have this expectation. And I felt a freedom of, you know, I get to, I kind of get to choose what, I, what I'm doing now. And um, I remember as part of, you know, being away and wrestling with loneliness and, and clinging to, to God and making the faith that, I, that my parents had given me a personal one um, during that time. Mm. And that was the first time I really got into the word and read it for myself and was you know, just, it became real to mm. me, the stories that I had heard. Mm. And, um, and that's really when my relationship with God started. Mm. Um, during that time, as um, everybody goes through it, you know, you go through puberty, you have your things that you're, um, you know, your changes in your life. And one of, the, one of the things that popped up in my life is just the, the struggle with masturbation and then along with that, pornography. And that's been a part of my life, you know, pretty much since, you know, that time around 12, 13. And, you know, throughout my life, I pretty much would sum up my spiritual well-being and, and, you know, my barometer for how well I was doing in my spiritual life was very closely associated with how well I was doing in that particular area. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've had some stretches of great, you know, hope and, and then, you know, total failures and, um, you know, God has definitely been able to work in my life during that time, you know, when going through that struggle, even as part of the struggle, bringing up things for me that, that God used. Uh, so I'll fast forward to the end of this last year, and I finished uh, an MBA program in the summer, and I had started a full-time role at this company. It's a startup called Tavala. And I was all wrapped up in what I was doing and how I was perceived and wanting, wanting people to think highly of me. And I wanted to perform well. Mm. And I was, it was towards the end of the year and the office kind of shut down, but I kept going. I, was, I had a ton of things that I needed to get caught up on and then I also needed to prepare for an even busier season that was happening in January. And so I basically didn't rest uh, during the holidays. Mm. And I, I remember coming into January and into church on Testimony Sunday and just feeling so tired and, and anxious and Yeah, I really resonated with everything people were saying during Testimony Sunday. Uh, it felt like every time I, I could associate myself with whatever was being said. Uh, in particular, I remember uh, Cole uh, 
speaking about her story and, and her anxiety, and I just resonated so much with how that felt. Mm-hmm. And, and I just knew that something needed to change mm-hmm. in my life and, and how I was operating and not having a balance or anything going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and I just felt like, okay, I need prayer. So I, I tell Angela to go, get, to go hang out with my kids because my wife wasn't here and I just went straight up to the front and I saw Pradeep right there in the front and I just hugged him and just cried because mm-hmm. that's, that's what I needed. So as we talked, it became clear that this was not an accident that I had you know, found Pradeep for prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't planning on being up front. Carlton told him to come and, and be on, do prayer. He was like, I've never done prayer. Mm-hmm. I didn't even feel like I was needed up there. Mm-hmm. And, and as we talked, we realized that we had a lot of things in common as far as the way that we were feeling about our jobs and the anxiety mm-hmm. or uh, just different things that were weighing on our lives associated with our jobs. Mm-hmm. And so we took that as a prompting of, okay, this is not a coincidence. Let's support each other. And that's when, you know, in January is when we would basically text each other every day and say a prayer or just check in or, you know, even sometimes hop on the, hop on the phone and just talk if one of us was particularly doing bad. And it was, it was just amazing how that just reframed my whole thinking and, mm-hmm. and, and I wasn't alone anymore mm-hmm. through it. I was also, you know, thinking of other, others outside of myself. And I realized that that was really beneficial to me to be, you know, trying to, to support Pradeep and then others that I started seeing were kind of in a similar situation as me. And the, the balance of that started, you know, changes started happening in my life where I was creating balance, margins, you know, making sure that there was time and space for God. And, you know, fast, fast forward now to March, and I hear about this men's retreat that's going to happen, and, and I thought, why not? Let's just do it. I've wanted to to get closer with the men in our church anyways, and this sounds like a great opportunity. And for anybody who's heard what happened there, we basically all told our life story. Mm-hmm. And it was hours and hours and hours of everybody there talking about their life story. And it was amazing because people were talking, were saying things and starting their story with, I've never told this to anybody, but... Mm-hmm. And being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I've never been around such vulnerability in one, in one day, in one place. Mm-hmm. And it was very obvious that the Holy Spirit was doing something and starting something in the men. So I told my story and I, I've told my story before in an open way about my struggles and 
and I, in, you know, I'll name them. And so, I, so I, you know, that wasn't new to me. But as I was telling my story and talking about how I, how I struggle with this, and uh, I, I thought back to like three years ago or five years ago, and I, and I wondered, you know, when, if I were to tell my story five years ago, it probably would be the same story. Mm. And, and I always ended my story, well, well, this is a struggle I have in my life, mm. and stop. And I remember just being struck by the other people's stories and how God had been working in their lives mm -hmm. and thinking to myself, well, I want to change my life. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to tell my story in a different way. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to talk three years from now and talk about deliverance that I have mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. pornography and masturbation. So I left the retreat feeling more known by some people around me and, and therefore developed additional relationships. Uh, one of those in particular is Josh Lobbs and, and I just remember you know, connecting with him uh, at, at some deeper level after the retreat. And you know, four weeks later or so, I came to church and it was a guest speaker, Kevin Butcher. And one of the, one of the things that just really, you know, he talked about his amazing story, but what really, really was just something so impactful for me was he came to the front, and for those of you who weren't there, I'll just share it. Um, he was talking about how in the Jewish culture, the father gives a blessing to their son and their daughters. And, and he demonstrated this blessing of telling them. And he had uh, somebody in front here and actually you know, performed this, like, you are loved. I loved you before you did anything. and kissing and holding and the reaction that I had is the reaction I'm having now. Because just something struck within me as I saw that of this blessing and this love and this intimacy between a father and a son. And I wanted that. <laughs> I remember weeping and uh, 
after the service, I ran into, you know, Josh and Carlton, and they knew something was up. I don't know if it was the tear marks or what, but uh, as I went home, I remember thinking about the demonstration again and actually crying in my car um, with my kids in the back. And, and I didn't know why. I, I, there was something that struck me. And, and, I, and I was texting with Carlton, and, and he said, lean into it. You know, what is whatever you're feeling like? Go to God. Find out what that is. And I remember texting Carlton specifically because I wanted intimacy with God. Like That's what I saw in that, and I wanted it at a much deeper level than I had. And, and I've seen that in Carlton. And so I was <laughs> the first person I texted for help. How do you do it? How do you gain intimacy with God? And so, so I took his advice. I decided to lean in to it and, figure, and just go for it. Uh, so Tina was out of town. Uh, and so it was just me and the kids. And I was, uh, I had this like terrible sinus thing going on too and I was just sick and and honestly I think God did that on purpose uh, so that I, I wouldn't have any other needs or, or wants other than just to like sit um, so that Monday night I'm like all right I'm going to go for this so I sit before you know God and and I, and I want to feel this intimacy that I saw on Sunday. And I sit there and I'm like, okay, God, like, show me. Like, I want to feel you. I want, I want this. And there was nothing. And, you know, two hours later, I'm like, all right, I should go to bed. And so I go to bed and... The next morning, I get a text message from John Ugasti with a song from Sm Smokey Norfolk. It's called I Understand. And John never, like, Ugasti has never sent me a song ever in his life. Uh, so, good timing, or interesting timing, but I just, I started... I listened to the song in my bed, and, uh, and in the lyrics it says, you know, and if you can't hear my voice, know that I have a plan. And I'm, pre I'm preparing you to make you mine, or something to that extent. And I am not a, like, everything is spiritual type of guy. I'm like the opposite of that. And so I was like, ah, uh, is that you, God? Should I take it as that? Um, but I remember crying because it felt like God was talking in some way to me.
night. The next morning, I, I thought back about the night, and I remember waking up in the middle of the night with the, with the words like, do you want to be healed? So the next day, you know, that Tuesday, I, I, was, I sat before God, and I, and I knew that do you want to be healed was somewhere in the Bible, so I go to that passage, and it's about the, the paralyzed man who's by the water, and he's, and he's waiting to get in while it's being stirred so that he can be healed. And Jesus asks him, like, do you want to be healed? And of course he wants to be healed. Why wouldn't he want to be healed? But then I started thinking, like, well, maybe he didn't want to be healed. Maybe he was kind of happy where he was at. Maybe he got something out of being paralyzed or lame. And, and I asked myself, and, it, and I took it as God asking me, like, do you, do you want to be healed of this struggle in your life? And so that night, I, I did it differently. I was like, okay, I don't get to tell you what to do, God, so I'm just going to do what I know how to do, and it's just confess. And so before God, I just confessed everything I could think of and just said, my life is yours. I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to, like, I'm going to be an open slate for you and do with me what you will. And, and no, I didn't feel like God's intimacy that night either, but I knew that God had spoken. Um, and so I trusted that he was there. Um, the next day, I, uh, well, that Sunday, Josh was like, I'm going to call you on, you know, on Wednesday, or we worked out a day. And so that Wednesday, I talked to Josh, and, and Josh is like a few years ahead of me um, as far as addressing things in his life. That, um, and, and so I wanted to hear from him. And he um, encouraged me. Well, first of all, he was just incredibly graceful, and mm -hmm. I even just revealed some things to him that, you know, were part of my life, and 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 there was just like this unmasking of myself mm -hmm. and acceptance, mm -hmm. and he encouraged me to invite Tina into my, mm -hmm. you know, recovery of sorts. And if I really wanted to have something change in my life, I needed to do that. And so that whole week, uh, I was still not with Tina. And, you know, there was, there was one day that we ended up together, but it just didn't feel like the right time to talk about anything. And uh, so that following Sunday, I sat with her and I was like, okay, this is, you know, Tina has known about my struggle. It's not like we've, we've 
hidden, hidden that from each other, but it's not that I was inviting her to an everyday kind of transparency in my life either. And so when I told her, I was like, these things have happened this week. I want to, I want there to be a change in my life. And I just want to let you know. And I was really just blown away by the love and the support and the grace. I was like, I was scared. I was scared of what kind of reaction there could be. But having the support and love felt after, again, uh, unmasking parts of my life that I wasn't fully being transparent about, it was just like, mm. it just made a change in our relationship mm -hmm. where I knew that there wasn't anything that she didn't know about me. Mm -hmm. And I could be fully myself, and whatever love she was displaying to me, it was real love. Mm -hmm. There wasn't anything fake about it. Mm -hmm. So, it's been a, just a journey, and a, you know, along the way, there's just been so many people around me, point, like, either knowingly or unknowingly speaking into my life. And as I started seeing victory in my life over this area and, and relying, relying on God and also being open and transparent with the brothers and my wife, there just started being freedom. Yeah. And the freedom that I feel is so much sweeter than than anything I can get from anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's just the allure and the appeal of going back to the life that I was living mm -hmm. just is not there anymore. So it's been, you know, it hasn't been that long. <laughs> you know, it's been like over six months of, of this kind of freedom and, and victory. And I know that it's not, you know, it's not like I've made it in yeah. any way. Yeah. I know that there's aspects of God's intimacy that I still long for. And when I think about, you know, when, when I think about that I, lo I long for it and I don't think I'm there and and I want it yeah. but this freedom and this feeling that I have I do want everybody to experience it yeah. and I know that I would not be surprised if there was a, a large majority of our men and a good number of our women who have similar struggles. And, and I, 
my my heart is in having what I'm experiencing also be experienced, yeah. and that's what's led me to also, you know, like when I, when Ruth invited folks to join in the leadership uh, training, I was like, yep, let's mm-hmm. do it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so this, you know, I'm I'm a co-lead of the of the men's life group, mm-hmm. but one of the micro groups is a celebrate recovery group, which is it's a program that's really aimed to get over addictions, hang-ups in your lives. Mm-hmm. And so I'm planning on being part of that this mm-hmm. fall. And I'm super excited because I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot for my own sake, but it's I have a vision and a I foresee how seeing victory in this area for a lot more people and having that just be something that is very natural in our church to talk about and to be transparent about and to ask for help about. And, And so my desire is to, you know, continue that on as in a leadership position once I go through it. So those are the... Those are the things that are, like, it's, it's causing me to, to, like, get involved, really, and, mm-hmm. and do more. Mm-hmm. So, that's pretty much my story. I don't, you know, now I'm just continuing, mm-hmm. and I'm hopeful for what is going to happen in this next season. Mm-hmm. There was so much vulnerability in the men's retreat, mm-hmm. and I know that God is doing something not just within me, but within so many other men yes. in this church. Yes. And I just have a ton of hope. Yeah. Man. I need you to um, exhort, encourage folks that are sitting right now who don't know what it's like to be free because they don't know what it's like to be fully known and fully loved. And they're hearing your story and they're afraid. They're scared out of their minds because they know that God's speaking to them. What would you say, that man to that woman, that's sitting here right now and saying, I want that freedom, but I don't know if I can get myself to make myself vulnerable and to be known. What would you say? I don't pretend to think that what has happened over this year is my doing. Hmm. So Hmm. there's things that are not coincidences that have happened Mm -hmm. that 
had brought me to the place of reckoning mm -hmm. and deciding this is it. Yes. I don't want to live this hidden life anymore. Yeah. I don't want to in three years from now or when my son is in middle school still have the same things That's that right. I'm struggling with. It, you know, like continue. Whatever you're feeling is coming from somewhere. And I'll just give you Carlton's advice. Lean into it mm -hmm. and figure out what it is that you're mm -hmm. feeling and why. And because mm -hmm. that's not also just a feeling. It's it's the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in a moment, I'm gonna actually ask the the men and women who've been a vital part of your life and your journey to come and join us on stage, to lay their hands on you, to pray for you. When Matt and I met for coffee and I heard his story, I said this to him. I said, Matt, people like you and me, until our self-will, until our I am competent to do life, until my I can do things because I'm smart, I'm unless that part of us dies, Unless a part of us gets crucified and dies, we will not look to him for help. Please hear me. Matt didn't have to orchestrate events in his life to get to that place. Life will do that for you. The question is, Will you lean into it? This whole journey of following Jesus, it's simple. It's to get to that place that says, I can't do this. I need you to do it for me. It's about surrender. Maybe today, in light of his story, some of us came in here at the cusp or brink of, my life is falling apart, it's unmanageable, my secret's about to get out, my work is imploding, my relations are imploding, I can't do this anymore. Could it be that God is inviting, as he did Matt and me, you, to finally surrender and to embrace death of ourselves? And I say it one more time, smart, brilliant, talented, competent, new community people, unless you and I die to I can do it myself, I am strong enough, you will not know freedom. I will not know freedom.
I'd like to ask, um, is Tina in here? I know I saw her. No, she's not. Okay. I'd like to ask men and women who've been a part of Matt's journey. And as you sit there, you can't help but smile from ear to ear because you've been a vital part of this man's journey. Come up quickly because we need to do communion. Join us on stage. Tina, you're in here. Can you sit next to Matt? You see the folks up here? These are the folks when Matt was sharing his testimony. Josh, Carlton, Pradeep. If you're sitting here today and you can't do that, you can't say Scott, Jennifer, Sam. My prayer is that at some point you will be able to say Jennifer, Sam, Scott, Lori, John. Because that's what community is. That's what the church is. My brother CC, if you would pray for your brother. Church, let's pray together. Father, first and foremost, we say thank you. Thank you for what you've done here today. Thank you for how you've spoken through our brother. Jesus. Thank you for his deliverance. Thank you for his victory. And Lord, thank you that he is walking in freedom even right now. Jesus, Lord, Jesus. we honor you and we praise you, Lord, for that fact alone, Jesus. God, that he is walking in freedom, Lord. Jesus. Father God, we thank you, Lord, because you said in your word that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony, Jesus. Lord. And Lord, we thank you, God, that he had the boldness and the honesty and the transparency, Jesus. Lord, to just allow himself to be used by you, Lord, and how it impacted each and every person in here, Lord. And Father God, if I could right now, Lord, let me speak to those, Lord, who are hiding, who are afraid, who the enemy is lying to and trying to keep in bondage. Right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, we ask, Lord, that you would deliver them and that you would set them free. Lord, that you would remind them that no weapon formed against them shall prosper and that they are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus Christ, Lord. Father God, we continue to pray for Matt and Tina, Lord. God, we ask, Lord, that you would bind them together in a spirit of unity and love, Lord. Father God, that she would be able to minister to him and that he would be able to minister to her, Lord. And Father God, that they would link hands, lock arms, Lord, and that they would walk forward yes. in boldness in you, Lord. Father yes. God, Lord, that they would do your will, that they would be a man and a yes. woman, Lord, Father. who seeks after the things of you, Lord. Yes, and Father God, Lord, that Matt would continue on this journey, Lord, and that yes, six months would become six years yes, and become 10 Father. years, that it would become yes, 20 Father. years, Lord. And Father God, that men would come to him yes, every Father. day, Lord, yes. asking, how did you do this, Lord? And he would be able to say, yes, it was Father. you. It was through the power of yes, the Holy Spirit, Father. the saving grace of the Holy Spirit, through the blood of Jesus Christ, was he able yes, to do it, God. Yes, Lord. Lord, all that's been spoken yes. here today, Lord, we ask that you would seal it under your blood, yes, God. We thank you. We love you. We honor you. We magnify you because you are God and you are so good. For it's in your son's name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.